This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you in studio tonight, it is Ian. Nami. And Mark. And Mark returning from his vacation. Just uh, to, to save the show just in time. Hey, oh, whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, thank goodness. Whoa, what? It's we could have like done you it without you. I was gone. Oh, please. So uh, he's back uh, from his vacation in Florida and is uh, with us to, well, be back on the show. Welcome back, sir. Uh, so we're going to go right back to your phone calls. Uh, but coming up tonight, there's all kinds of stuff worth talking about uh, in the news and out of the news. Uh, specifically, you all seemed pretty interested in talking about this NBC news anchor who has uh, been well being investigated for breaking some firearms law on camera in Washington, D.C. Uh, but first, we've also got news about an activist friend of the show who has been arrested on federal chalking warrants just days after the news about Santa Claus being arrested for chalking in Austin, Texas. Uh, you will hear the news about Russell Canning being arrested for the same thing. Uh, we continue, though, with your calls or start with your calls. Chase is in North Carolina calling uh, about the Blue Ridge Liberty Project. There were a couple of messages that were uh, being transferred on uh, our Facebook page earlier today uh, between a participant in the Blue Ridge Liberty Project and those of us here on Free Talk Live. And it was suggested that someone should call in to talk more about what it is. Chase, you are one of the founders of the project. Is that right? That's correct, Ian. Welcome to Free Talk Live. Uh, you know, I, I know that we've met previously. You have come up to visit New Hampshire on at least one occasion, maybe more more mm-hmm. than that. Uh, so why why Asheville, North Carolina? What is the Blue Ridge Liberty Project? Okay, well, those are all great questions. Uh, the reason we chose Asheville, and this is in direct contrast to the Free State Project, is we didn't really look at the politics or the laws so much as we looked at uh, the culture and the geography. And the culture here is pretty open-minded. People are very peace-oriented people. Uh, the, uh, geography is really great for uh, growing food. It's great well, for Ch- Chase, before you go on, um, I, I do want to hear about the geography, but how do you know that they're open and that they're peace-oriented? Oh, because we actually made uh, quite a few trips to the area beforehand. Also, we knew a lot of people who are from the area. Uh, so we were actually considering a bunch of different locations prior to this, Austin, Eastern Tennessee, and just from our experience we had from Asheville, we just we got a good idea that it was a, a very peace-oriented community, very open to new ideals that were not very conventional, per se. So there's no, you don't have any sort of quantifiable evidence as to why. You just kind of had that, that good PC feeling, right? <laughs> quantifiable evidence? Um, no, not really, I guess. I mean, it's hard to get quantifiable evidence for culture. Well, I mean, up, up here in New Hampshire, um, in Keene, New Hampshire, I can say that we have one of the longest-running peace vigils in America. Um, every Saturday morning, we come out at 11 a.m., um, you know, to hold signs for peace. It's been going on since the first Gulf War. And, you know, I mean, there's there's something quantifiable I can point to about a community oh, that's see. interested in peace. I, I just don't know what... Well, there, there's a huge uh, Veterans for Peace organization here, as well as Iraqi uh, veterans against uh, the wars and... So there's obviously uh, a huge quantity of peace-oriented organizations out here already, which I would guess would be some sort of quantifiable evidence, which indicates that it's a peace-loving community. But yeah, you ask anyone who's ever been to Asheville, is from Asheville, it's a very green, earthy city, very much peace-oriented. It actually has a stereotype of being a very uh, hippie community, if you will. So it's definitely uh, much more peace-oriented than most other So areas. now you've actually made the move. Where did you move from? Uh, 
Justin and I made the move together from Columbia, South Carolina. We've also had other people moving from Minnesota and California and other people looking living here from Michigan. So there's a pretty big interest across the nation. Now, um, you had said previously that you were looking at eastern Tennessee. Didn't um, Wasn't there a, a previous iteration of the Blue Ridge Liberty Project that had voted on moving? Was that the to, Southeast Liberty the Project? The Southeast Liberty Project, that's right, that had voted on moving to Tennessee. And then what happened there? Right. Well, the Southeast Liberty Project was originally constructed by Justin as an idea to kind of experiment with. So there was no actual vote that went on, I don't Believe. There wasn't? You'd have to ask him for food to tell him that. I, but, I, I commented okay. on the vote. I mean, you know, it went on on Facebook. Oh, uh, I guess there may have been a poll. I'm unaware of that. Okay. However, uh, after going to uh, to Asheville and comparing that with what we thought about Eastern Tennessee, we figured Asheville would be the better pick just because of the fact that it has the, the nice kind of metropolis area there for anyone who wants to be around the city and around the culture and the arts and also has the surrounding communities, which is good for the homesteading people who are more into living more isolated in a self-sufficient environment. So now, um, I know that you've been to New Hampshire, and um, you know it, it kind of makes me wonder. One of the things I saw with the Blue, Li- Blue Ridge Liberty Project is it's a movement of peaceful parents and voluntarists to one place in order to – I'm not entirely sure what the – in order to well, – I'd like to find out what the goals are here in, in a moment. Yeah, but but um, why, why not New Hampshire? I mean, you, you went up and you came – you said it was in direct contrast to the Free State Project. What is it about New Hampshire that was unacceptable to voluntarists since we have probably the largest – uh, proportion per capita of voluntarists in the nation. Right. Well, I never uh, said that there was anything that was incompatible with New Hampshire and voluntarism and peaceful parenting. What I said was in direct contrast was the criteria by which we used to choose uh, Asheville. It was had nothing to do with politics, whereas choosing New Hampshire had mostly to do with the political environment. Yeah, That's I'd say that there was. Contrast. I'd say that mm-hmm. largely it was picked for that reason. But lots of people from across the political spectrum, from minarchists to uh, voluntarists of all types, um, participated in the vote. Well, I mean, d- right. back yeah, when the uh, vote happened for the Free State Project, there were ten candidate states, and each of the ten states were chosen primarily on population. Uh, yes, it certainly was uh, po- political reasons were some of the reasons why New Hampshire was one of the winning choices, but also, you know, the live free or die mentality of the people, many of them who are, you know, the New Hampshire natives like Nemi here uh, that have lived here their whole lives. So there was certainly a cu- cultural uh, aspects that were, were taken but into account. But a state account. is in and of itself a line drawn in some dirt someplace. Yeah. So therefore, to pick a state means that you're picking basically on, uh, you know, sure. p- for political reasons. I mean, sure. I, I think that that's a valid critique however i don't think that that in any way uh you know right well that's because the the goal of the free state project and you know i think that was uh, it was kathy who commented on our page at free state at uh, the free talk live facebook page that it's an oxymoron i agree it's totally an oxymoron how can you have a free state i mean the state is a coercive uh entity and by na- by its nature is you know not really in any way free so i get that but uh the goal is, of course, to free that geographic area that is commonly known as a state. What are the goals of the Blue Ridge Liberty Project? Okay, cool. Before I go into that, I just want to mention that I don't think the culture of New Hampshire is in any way uh, incompatible with volunteerism either. I think the reason we chose Asheville is not just the culture and the geography, but also because people are looking for an alternative in New Hampshire. You know, lots of people think it's cold, or maybe they have an issue with the way the organizations run. We don't really know why they're against it, but I think there is a pretty large demand there for at least to be some sort of alternative available, just to have some options, you know, kind of make a free market of ideas, if you will. But the goals for our project, uh, more specifically, 
are, again, to spread, spread the message of peaceful parenting and, and a volunteerism, non-aggression, self-ownership. And so really trying to uh, take a more philosophical approach towards things. And, and also focus on agorism uh, a lot, too, so we can kind of, as opposed to trying to change the state from within, just kind of ignoring it and living free now. So you're so going to not the state's pay... hard to ignore, though, right? You're not going to pay property taxes, things like that? Right. Well, actually, you know, well, that's pretty ballsy. Uh, a lot of us don't pay taxes right now at all. And, you know, most where do you live? Anyway. Where do you live? live? Well, right now we live just south of Asheville. Does, do you not pay and property taxes there? They must not. be renting. Yeah, we are renting. Oh, well, well you, when you rent, you're paying your landlord's property taxes through overhead. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, yeah. It, well, the point is, as more people come here, uh, agorism is able to flourish more. And the more people you have who are in the same mindset, the easier it is to kind of circumvent a lot of these taxes or laws or regulations. So we're kind of looking to make a, a sort of uh, an enclave of sorts, if you will. But not only just to make an enclave from here, but also use it as a place to where we can kind of broadcast our events and activities to other parts of the nation to kind of help inspire them with things they can do also to kind of uh, help spread the message. So, uh, Chase, can you stick with us here for a moment? I'd like to continue the conversation. Do you have time? Yeah, absolutely. All right, more with uh, Chase from the Blue Ridge Liberty Project. Sounded like that they weren't intending to compete with the Free State Project, but then that they were. So uh, it's, it seems like they're trying to uh, you know, bring people down south to g- join together in one small geographic area, not actually try to change anything uh, as far as the state is concerned, which I think is going to be problematic for them. 855-450-FREE, because the state doesn't want to let you live free. It's Free Talk Live. Puke and the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Puke and the Gang and cake. Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com and the features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, it's no problem. We've got them archived for you going back for years at freetalklive.com. You don't have to log in. You don't have to watch any kind of advertising. You just click and download. They are yours for free over at freetalklive.com. Plus, our SoundCloud page allows you quick access to those same archives. And in addition to that, Edgington Post interviews, as well as other interviews like our recent appearance, Mark, you and I on America Tonight That's right. with Kate Delaney. I just posted that a couple days ago to the SoundCloud page. So those are some bonuses that you'll get if you grab our show over at SoundCloud. Uh, and they also show up in our podcast feed as well. So you get them that way, too. If you prefer to subscribe, say, via iTunes or your favorite podcast client, you'll also be subscribing to you'll be subscribing to everything that comes from Free Talk Live, not just the full show. You'll also get the bonuses like the Edgington Post and stuff like that. So go to freetalklive.com to get interactive. And it's all free. Uh, by the way, the Free State Project is a longtime sponsor of this program. But even before they came on as a sponsor, we were talking about the Free State Project on a regular basis on Free Talk Live because it makes sense. And, uh, you know, it's successful. There are a lot of organizations out there now that are basically trying to, to some extent or another, mimic the Free State Project in that they, 
you know, don't really want to move to New Hampshire for whatever reason, so they want everyone to move where they live. Uh, we're talking with, we'll be continuing with Chase from now, Chase moved the Blue Ridge Liberty Blue Project. Ridge. That's right. That's one of the things that sets Chase apart is that right. he and Justin Stout actually... I've got this respect for the right. Blue Ridge Liberty Project because Chase and Justin... Actually the, moved. Actually talked about a... Well, I, I, it doesn't matter to me where they moved. It's just that they picked some place besides where they were. And they moved there. Yeah. Well, I, I like that they moved, but look, the founder of the Free State Project, the guy whose idea it was never picked up and moved and i like that well he's talking about about moving but uh, i like that further about the free state project because it's not an idea that's centered around individuals if justin or chase or both got hit by a bus tomorrow where would the blue ridge liberty project be well there's other people involved as we were talking about but anyway you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the free state project and how there are over thirteen thousand people who've pledged to make the move to New Hampshire. We want to get that number to 20,000. There are already over 1,100 people that are here now in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and that 1,100 number doesn't count New Hampshire natives who, like Nemi, uh, have you know been here, you've been here your whole life. You are not a Free State Project participant. Correct. Uh, So go to freestateproject.org, learn more about the project, get signed up, and make the move to New Hampshire sooner rather than later. You don't have to wait until 20,000. Mark, you and I moved back in 2006. People are moving every single month to come up here to New Hampshire and join with thousands of other like-minded, liberty-oriented activists to make a real difference in one geographic area. Now, Chase uh, Rachels is with us from the Blue Ridge Liberty Project, which is available on Facebook also. I believe it's, is it BlueRidgeLibertyProject.com, Chase, or .org? That's right. We have BlueRidgeLibertyProject.com, and we also have BRLP.org. BRLP.org. So where we were talking about previously was the goals of the project. And from what you said, it sounds like you guys are looking to gather voluntarists and peaceful parents uh, into the same area to create what you described as an enclave. That's right. Uh, A sort of enclave, but more than just an enclave, or in other words, just a place where we can all congregate and have a socialize and social interactions with other like-minded people. We want to kind of... uh, use the opportunities where there's all of us in one area to kind of synergize our efforts and make our impact that much more powerful and to broadcast those events and those activities across the nation. But before I speak about anything else, I just want to clarify that it's not our intention to operate in opposition to the Free State Project. We do want to fill in competition because we feel like competition incentivizes each party involved to work harder, do better, and uh, satisfy their customers more, if you will. However, uh, we want to have more of a symbiotic relationship. We don't want a zero-sum game sort of a situation where we're gaining at your expense or vice versa. Oh, I don't think that. that Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that it's. I I can see that. I mean, I I totally get it. There are people that will refuse to move to New Hampshire for a variety of reasons. I wonder how many of those reasons, like the weather, for instance. um, And I think that that's probably the the single best point out there. Some people are just simply not going to move to for the Free State Project because of the weather. Um, But I have you know sort of questions. I mean, like if you don't like the organization that is the Free State Project, who does? I mean, (laughs) can't if you if you took a poll of the 1,100 people that are in the Free State Project here in New Hampshire and asked them, how effective do you think that the, the, you know, the organization that is the Free State Project is? Most of them would say pretty ineffective. But it is all it's supposed to be is a project to get people to move. It's not an organizing. It's not management. So, I mean, the Free State Project has nearly nothing to do with my life. And I you know, if somebody doesn't want to move because of the, you know, people that are in, you know, the board members of the Free State Project, I, I feel like they're picking, you know, having a, 
a poor reason. And I really can't think other than family, job, and weather what reasons people don't move to for the Free State Project. So you've got weather. Oh, I totally agree, Mark. And that's another reason why we chose Asheville in particular is because even if this project didn't exist here, Asheville kind of sells itself. Asheville is already a, a popular destination and a great place to live for anyone. Sure. So that's another reason we chose, just because it doesn't need our involvement to be an attractive place to live. And that kind of we thought helps give us an edge. Isn't that a problem, though? I mean, you know, there's more people moving in all the time that don't share your ideas. Uh, and, you know, and I, mean, I love the ideas of peaceful parenting. I think that there's, you know, I, th- I think that there's some things that can be discussed about it. But, I, you know, by and large, I, I like the ideas. And certainly voluntarists, um, you know, make up a good portion of the Free State Project. But, uh, you know, isn't delusion really one of your problems? I mean, you're at this point, what? Two people, a half a dozen, moved into oh, one. Mark, that's what you're saying. Uh, see, we're not trying to hit a certain proportion of volunteerists. We're just trying to get a lot of volunteers. It's not about we want a certain proportion of volunteers compared to status. It's that we just want a lot of volunteers here so we have other people we can commiserate with, hang out with, socialize with. There are people, uh, you know, just to bring that bring that point back around, uh, there are people in other areas, say like Philadelphia, for instance, where I've heard there are at least a couple dozen, you know, voluntarist types who get together on a, on a regular basis and uh, commiserate, as you uh, were talking about. Why would uh, someone who is living in a community where there are other people with which to commiserate move to Asheville? Because there's just there just be more of us here, just because they know that we have it. But they would be moving at this point can. to somewhere where there are fewer. You don't have any stated goals as far as how what? many people. So if I'm if I'm living in a place where there are two dozen voluntarists and you have half a dozen, should I move on the speculation that there will be more at some point? Well, it's not just the number of voluntarists; it's also our explicit goals. Like, for instance, all these a free state project. You guys aren't explicitly as a free state project organization voluntarists. That's right, true. But we're actually explicitly voluntary. Are minarchists so welcome? Explicitly peaceful parenters. Are, are minarchists welcome? People who believe in small government, are they welcome in your movement? They can participate in our events, but they can't be like, well, I'm a minarchist and say that they're a representative of the BRLP at the same time. If you're a member of the BRLP and you're acting as an agent of the BRLP, then you are to promote voluntarist values. We make it very clear in our tenets, our mission statement, that we are against any forms or violations of the non-aggression principle. So if a uh, minarchist uh, wanted to come and hang out with you guys, would would that person be ostracized? No, of course not, because uh, outreach is a huge part of our organization's goal. So we're always going to be interacting with people who are on par with our philosophy 100%. We'll even be teaming up with other organizations whose stated goals aren't compatible completely with our, with our organization's intent. However, Chase, can you hang on and tell us more about the Blue Ridge Liberty Project here in moments? Oh, hey, what's that? Hang on. Can you hang on for a bit? More yeah. with Chase in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Tim Cummins, here to remind you that whenever you look in the mirror, you see a person of amazing ability, a person that people love and cherish and want to be around, a person that gets things done and is an an excellent individual in every way. And when you think about that, you remember that verbal surgery changes you from the inside out. So check out my podcast at verbalsurgery.com. Yeah, baby. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 855-450-FREE. Though, if you've got a question about the Blue Ridge Liberty Project, uh, Chase is on the line. He is one of the founders of the Blue Ridge Liberty Project, and we'll continue talking with Chase here in a moment. Uh, You're welcome to get your question on the line, though, at 855-450-FREE. In addition, uh, we'll take your calls about whatever you want to talk about. That is why we call the show Free Talk Live. Plus, you can find us online at freetalklive.com. Sign up for our news updates. Get them via email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever your preference, all free over at news.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live's phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you've got a business that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle it for you. You can see their banner at Free Talk Live. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. And, well, the proprietor there, uh, SACL CAI, is a mover for the Free State Project. SACL CAI. He and his family. Uh, so we'll continue here. We've got Chase on the line. He is one of the founders of BlueRidgeLibertyProject.com, which is stated goals on the website are to create an environment where people from all walks of life, united by their love of liberty, can live free, which seems a bit of a contrast to what you said earlier, Chase, about uh, having like-minded people around with, which to, uh, with whom to commiserate. Uh, and that tends to be what liberty-minded folks do all across the country, where they can find others who believe as they do as they meet up every uh, you know, week or so and you know, have a few drinks and uh, commiserate with one another about how terrible things are. And you know, sure would be nice if, if we were free. Is the, you know, is the goal of the project, the Blue Ridge Liberty Project, to move enough people eventually to where you can live free somehow? Uh, well, that's certainly the ultimate goal. I mean, that's the snare and the bullseye, right? And I just want to mention, it's not really in contrast to what I said. Uh, that, that statement is true that you just read. And when I say like-minded people, I mean, you know, liberty lovers. Uh, there's a huge variety in personalities, far above and beyond our love for liberty. And so we're a pretty eclectic group. But, but yeah, that's definitely a goal. Uh, what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. Well, I was just asking about, you know, your goal is to uh, you know, to create an environment where people from all walks of life, united by their love of liberty, can live free. And that sounds mm-hmm. good to me. But my problem is that as long as there are people out there calling themselves the state, aggressing against peaceful people, I don't believe that I can live free in that environment. Oh, I and, see. Well, and, you're absolutely right, Ian. You can't. And actually, that's why we promote peaceful parenting so much. That's why it's such a huge part of organization, because we feel like through peaceful parenting is actually the surest and the most effective way to strike the root of the state and to vanquish it entirely. Uh, and that, He's going to breed voluntarists. So this is a, would you say this is a multi-generational movement that Blue Ridge Liberty Project is not expecting liberty in your lifetime? Uh, complete liberty, yes, is absolutely multi-generational. However, we can have liberty here in the near-term future, maybe not absolute liberty, but very close to it, especially as we get more people to, to move here as the agorism uh, markets grow. Now you've got a, you're talking about Asheville, North Carolina. The city population itself is uh, eighty three thousand. Now that doesn't include the surrounding areas. And from what I understand, Blue Ridge Liberty Project is a thirty mile radius or or something like that. It's a fairly large swath. So I mean, would you say maybe there's a quarter million to a half a million people living within that thirty mile radius? What What do you think? I'd say that's a fair approximation. So is the yeah. idea since you're not interested in t- in working with uh minarchists, you're not interested in, you know, taking over the state so to speak or reducing the size or scope of the state through any kind of political means, are you expecting to get the, you know, quarter million people living in the area to 
what? Stop voting or stop paying property taxes? What's your plan to get, you know, to liberty if you get a bunch of people to move to Asheville? Right, Ian. That's a good question. Well, first of all, uh, it's if whether there's a law or not, you can still live free and in contradiction to the laws that exist. And if we get enough people in a community, you know, if we're all voluntarists, it's not like we're all be reporting each other, you know, to the police for smoking and joint or something, right? But uh, the goal is, again, like I said before, uh, as more people come here, we can actually create these communities in which we can live free and kind of ignore the state. How do you parenting. do that exactly? Because I would love to implement that idea up here. I mean, where we actually—why yeah, I mean, in the world are people in the Free State Project getting involved in uh, state government when we could just ignore the police and live free? Right. I, I mean, there's a thousand of us here, right? Over it's, a thousand, and uh, you know, and more. Nemi, it's complicated by the fact that as soon as you say you're a, you're an, an entity that's going to ignore the state, the state seems to take notice and come in and make an example of you. At all. Um, and, and and they don't want to be ignored. Um, um, and we've seen that here, so right. I'm I'm hoping that doesn't right. what become makes you your think, experience. What makes you think you can just ignore the state? Aspect. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Well, yeah. that, that brings another aspect of our organization, though, which is good. We want to focus on building our PR with the, with the community. So, for instance, right now in our next meeting, we're discussing doing some events for the Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. kind of some volunteer work, not only to grow our PR, but also to demonstrate that people, through voluntary means, without being forced through taxation, and do charitable and uh, so-called altruistic activities. So, sure, uh, that's, that's, that's another, great. That's but how is that going to stop the state, the people calling themselves the state, from aggressing against you? Because the state, at least to some degree, requires popular support in order to maintain itself. So if we become popular and grow our PR, our, our public relations, it's going to be less and less popular for them to crack down on us. We'll have more and more, I guess you could say, political support, not in the state sense, but in the the real sense of the word, political support for our end. Now, I hope but that that again, works out for you. Yeah. In the same communities, uh, we can probably do black market or agorist trading, and that's something that the state has no account of. There's no there's no bookkeeping on that. Well, you know, uh, uh, from my experience, it's really hard to make a business work among just liberty people because there's not a very large market there. I mean, even in New Hampshire, with over 1,100 people here now for the Free State Project, very few people are able to market their skills exclusively on a you know an underground black That's market right. agorist trade. So you would have to do open agorism, which would mean openly flaunting and violating you know city regulations and uh, and ordinances. Well, I'm actually glad I'm glad you brought that up because I hadn't even thought about that yet. Yes, uh, we would have to do it openly, and it wouldn't be with just exclusive liberty people. But as far as Asheville, that's another unique characteristic of Asheville is that that kind of agorist training here happens all the time on the streets, on the corners, in the stands. In fact, the agorist portion or facet of the Asheville community is what kind of makes it stand out from all these other communities surrounding it. So this area is actually very conducive to agorism, even though most Sure, but the average business owner doesn't want to stand on the street corner and sling, you know, marijuana or whatever it is that you would be selling on a street corner. I mean, the average business person wants to have a location. They want to have, you know, some sort of storefront, perhaps. If that's what we're talking about is, is interacting with the public, you want to have a comfortable place for them to go. And once you get into that realm, then you are basically... You know, you're going to be subject to police raids. You're going to be subject to the cops coming in, demanding to see identification, demanding to see uh, government.
government papers, uh, health per- health code permits, business permits, things like that. And I love the idea of having the majority of the population on your side. And you it hasn't know. worked here in Keene. Look, we've uh, volunteered at the uh, the homeless shelter. We've volunteered at the soup kitchen. We've done all kinds of things. I'm a volunteer firefighter. Um, you know, people are all into the community here in Keene. I can tell you, whenever a free stater, um, you know, gets in any kind of trouble, there's uh, you know people that get on the newspaper website and are trumpeting, "Yay! Put them away forever and ever." Yep. So I mean, you know, you can do all the volunteering you want, and somebody who disagrees with you in a philosophical fashion, often Trump is very happy about any kind of bad thing that happens to us. Well, and I, and I think that, you know, you guys are obviously going to try to make uh, a positive name for yourself in the community, and I think that's, a good place that's to start, valuable, yeah. but there are always going to be those people who support the state. I mean, you would agree with that, right? Like, no matter how hard you work. Well, of course. Of course, Ian. You know, and of course there's risk involved. It's always going to be risky. Any, any movement which petitions for human rights or natural rights is always going to face some sort of state opposition or, or some sort of personal risk. That's a risk that we willingly take when we become part of this organization. It's worth the risk. And, of course, we're taking measures to mitigate those risks as much as possible. It's just we feel like... Well, not as much as possible, right? Measure. Because you're leaving out political action, which if you actually did have influence, a positive influence well, on the majority of the population, you could easily win elections and you know stop aggressing against peaceful people. Any resources or time we direct towards political action... The opportunity causes everything else you could have done with the same resources and time. So it's not enough. But I don't know what I don't understand about that, Chase. And can you hang with us for one more segment? Sure. All right, more with Chase in a moment here. What I don't get is that if you've got enough support, in theory, to you know overturn the state and people's minds, then why not go ahead and do it in reality through the political process if everybody supports you? It seems like a no-brainer. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Free Talk Live, toll-free number 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, where the features we give to you are completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. With you in studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And uh, we'll continue here with Chase from the Blue Ridge Liberty Project. If you have any questions, you're certainly welcome to dial in 855-450-FREE. And he is back on the line with us here. Chase, uh, I, I support the goals you know that as as I understand them of uh, of the project, I just don't know if they're if they're particularly realistic. Uh, and the suggestion is that uh, you want as many liberty oriented folks to uh, to make the move to Asheville, North Carolina, as possible, and not work within uh, the system. Uh, just simply try to influence people through positive community interactions and outreach projects. Perhaps I know I saw some sign wavings going on there recently on the Blue Ridge Liberty Project Facebook page. And to attempt to uh, educate people about volunteerism and then with the hopes that you'll garner enough support within the community to be able to be left alone by the people calling themselves the state. Is that right? Uh, that's, that's ideal, Ian, but that's not required for us to be successful. See, the goal isn't to create a volunteerist, like to expect us to have a volunteerist community. The goal is to work towards that as much as possible. We are realists in that we realize that's not going to happen within our lifetime. That's, that's a multi-generational thing. 
but we know the building blocks for that future needs to start now. That's what we intend to do with the organization. Now, I also want to kind of uh, finish answering your question you, you asked me before we got air, which was, are we totally against uh, working within the system, and if so, we're not doing everything we can to support the message of liberty? Well, we realized that to, to support political campaigns requires time and resources. We believe that to be an inefficient expenditure of time and resources, so we should decide to take the same time and resources we'd use to uh, actually support those campaigns, use them for more effective areas, which we feel are more effective, which is education, philosophy, and other outreach activities. But if you now, educate people you know, enough, are you hoping that eventually they'll do something about their education? Because it's cool to have people have knowledge, but it makes you know a difference when people actually apply their knowledge and take you know make moves in the direction of liberty, take action. Oh, right. I, agree, I mean, and actually, you know, especially with the volunteerist community, I think as soon as we see the volunteerist light, if you will, most all of us, or at least a much higher proportion of us, and other people who attribute their allegiance to other things like being a Democrat or Republican, are much more willing to take action to actually see their philosophy and virtues come into effect in reality. Now, I want to also answer the question you said about, are we going to turn minarchists away and stuff? And absolutely not. If, if they want to be a minarchist and, and join us in like an anti-war rally, if you will, they're more than welcome to do so. Our only stipulation is that they're acting as an agent of the Bridgeway Project, but they're not to endorse any form or position in the state power. Gotcha. So here's yeah, yeah it, sure it does. does make sense, Chase. Um, so here's what my question is: Is the Blue Ridge Liberty Project? Um, I think was pretty much the brainchild of Justin Stout. Is that right? That's correct. He had the original idea. And uh, I've got to say, a uh, consummate internet marketer. This guy is awesome on the internet, and plus, he puts a lot of great Facebook posts that I like to read. Um, now, my question here is: is why not? do this in the Free State Project in conjunction with the Free State Project. There was a guy who was a member of the Free State Wyoming, which is uh, you know, sort of the original competitor of the Free State Project. Wyoming was the, the state that came in second, and many people considered it important to have a western state that people could move to. And he said that he had lived there for like six years. Is that right, Ian? You're talking about the guy I had lunch with? Yeah. Yeah, seven years. Seven years. And uh, basically, there was nothing going on there. And so he's picking up and moving oh, to Wyoming. Wyoming, it's a big place, It's right? a big place. So a few it dozen doesn't, folks I don't in. really care why um, right. nothing's going on, Ian. Nothing's going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's his critique of it is that nothing's happening. And I don't think that that's the case with the Blue Ridge Liberty Project. But why wouldn't an organization whose stated goal is, is to attract voluntarists and peaceful parents move to the state that has the largest concentration of voluntarists? Well, Mark, um, that, you see, that's the whole point. We don't think being an actual precludes us from being able to work in conjunction with the Free State Project. Just because we're not within the same state-defined boundaries doesn't mean we can't work in symbiosis here. You know, it's just a matter of uh, geographical proximity. That's, well, that's a pretty important it's factor. It's pretty important stuff. And I work the reasons, with the activists in Keene. Well, that's one of the reasons why the Free State Wyoming is fizzling, in my opinion, is because the, the dozens of people that have moved there are spread all across the, the whole state, and it's impossible to be able to respond in any meaningful fashion. You know, if somebody is in trouble with the police in one place or they need to gather in the state capitol for some kind of uh, a protest or, or you know testimony at the state house, it's very impractical in a place like Wyoming. Now, you're doing the something different you're focusing people in one city but you know to say that we somehow would be able to help each other out uh, with hundreds if not thou- i don't know how a thousand miles in between uh, in between us about that it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty unlikely 
and also to say that there you know there could be a symbiosis between them you were suggesting that you were trying to attract the people that didn't want to move to new hampshire do you feel like there's a symbiosis between you and the uh austin libertopia lone star libertopia project and the free state wyoming the other two well, yeah, i think i think there's a symbiosis between our project and any other project or organization that that promotes the message of liberty but it seems yeah, like you're all competing for the same pool of potential movers people that love liberty and will move and won't move to the new and won't move to new hampshire that's true and that's what makes us friendly competitors because we're both vying for the same population of people to move to our different areas that incentivizes us to find new innovative ways to attract them to our places this kind of free market of liberty organizations is using the free market principles that we preach so bit or so vehemently and putting them into practice so i think it's good for all of our organizations that there's competition that's what keeps that incentive up I, I, I'm with you as far as competition goes. I think that makes sense. I just, you know, I, I, I wonder to myself why – I don't really feel like the, the question was answered. Why not New Hampshire? Why would you not take an organization that was – that stated goal is to move uh, – to get volunteerists and peaceful parents together. That's been at it for 10 years. That's and... been – you know, move it to the state where the largest concentration of volunteerists are. Why would one not do that? Right. Well, I'll go ahead and answer that, uh, Mark. Uh, like I said earlier, I didn't answer it directly just then, but uh, there are a lot of people out there who are looking for an alternative to the FSP. Yep. And there are a lot of people, like you said before, who don't like it there for the weather, or maybe they have some beef with some people in the organization. Who who knows why why they prefer an alternative? But if they've got a beef with the people in the organization, that demand. If well, they just let me finish real okay. fast. Uh, we we could we definitely could work better in conjunction with you if we were there personally. But we just feel that we're actually getting more value out of uh, supplying that vacuum demand for an al- a viable alternative, that is, to FSB, than it would be with the extra utility we would have from working with you guys actually there in the same geographical location. Yeah, there's something to be said for that to offer the alternative, but there are three other alternatives. And so, I mean, you're, you're, one needs to take that into consideration in one's business plan is how many people are in competition with me and what is, right. uh, you know, what is my position it's in the marketplace. It's saturated, basically. And, you know, I've, I've looked at some of those other alternatives, and I think the one that has some good potential is a Lone Star one. But other than the Lone Star one, I don't think the other ones are really that viable or that active. And we plan on being very viable and very active in the future and not kind of dropping off and becoming complacent. We've got a huge advertising infrastructure. We have a huge infrastructure by which to broadcast our events and activities. So we just feel like that gives us a unique opportunity to kind of make ourselves uh, the, the alternative Chase, why did you decide to uh, not move to New Hampshire? Why Why was it wrong for you? Well, see, it wasn't wrong for me. It's just I like this option better. Why? I think that I mean, you, you don't, you've I got... think New Hampshire is wonderful. Yeah, but you said that you uh, are marketing Blue Ridge Liberty to people who don't think New Hampshire is a, is a good choice, but it didn't no, exist before you came up with this idea. So why why not join the, the, you know, the fund in New Hampshire where we've already got over 1,100 people here? Well, I do plan on visiting there for uh, your guys' uh, pork fest and everything, so I do uh, look to partaking in your future events there. I just, uh, the reason why I chose to do here than New Hampshire is I feel like my, my talents and my efforts and my resources would have been better served to create this alternative location, an organization everyone's been kind of dying for. So you saw New Hampshire as this incredibly successful, you know, the New Hampshire Free State Project is an incredibly successful organization that's attracted thousands of people who've said they're going to move. Over a thousand people have already moved, and you decided that your talents would be better applied starting a completely new organization to compete, uh, to some extent, for the the same goals. 
It's not the same goals, though, Ian, because it's... Well, you said liberty. You just don't want it in your lifetime. You just... But they are very similar. Well, you said you want liberty in in Asheville, but you just you understand that's not going to come in your lifetime. I think the people in New Hampshire want liberty in our lifetime. That's why we understand we've got to get a large concentration here as as soon as possible. And maybe you're being more realistic. I I don't know, Chase, and I appreciate you coming on the show to uh, to talk with us tonight. Do you want to get any final thoughts out? Well, yeah, and you know just as well as I do that you're not going to realize a voluntary society even in New Hampshire by your lifetime either. When I, I don't know about that, that actually. If we have enough people here, we absolutely can do that. I'll give you the statement, though, J- Chase. I'm saying not in this generation, but maybe you think so. That's fine. But uh, I meant absolute liberty. Now, I think we can live free and go on a state to a large extent especially as the population grows. Well, I can tell you what, if you guys are actually living free in Asheville... Let him wrap up and give his website. We've got to go. If you guys are actually living free in Asheville, I'll come down there because that's what I want. I want people to be able to live free. So BlueRidgeLibertyProject.com is your website. Thanks for coming on Free Talk Live tonight, Chase. Appreciate the discussion. Good luck down there. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Hi, I'm Derek J. To me, an activist's calling is to actively work to advance a cause. The cause for which I work is personal freedom. I believe my life is best when I engage in voluntary interactions and self-government. I reject the idea that anyone else has a higher claim to my life or my body than I do. I see people who call themselves the government as a threat to my personal freedom. I realize you may feel differently, but my relationship with the people who call themselves the government is completely involuntary. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you tonight, 855-450-FREE. Coming up, the news about the television anchor who is being investigated for holding a clip. Holding a magazine? Magazine. Clip? Is it yeah. a magazine? They, a I always get it wrong. I don't know. What's the difference? Okay, so a clip goes in like an M1 Garand. Uh-huh. It, you can see the bullets in a clip. I see. Whereas a magazine contains the bullets. What if it's a magazine where you can see the bullets? Look, man, you, if you want complete gun uh, questions, don't ask me. I've given you the best definition <laughs> anyway, I got. He was holding that thing that you shove in a gun yeah. uh, on television, and uh, we'll talk more about that here in a moment. But Steve is on the line listening in North Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live. Steve. Hey there, Ian. Uh, well, Mark is back, and hi, Nemi, by the way. <laughs> um, I, I always like it when Nemi's on the show, by the way. Yes, she, uh, she will be back shortly. I don't know where she disappeared to. Um, so anyway, Mark is back. So I wanted to mention this thing that I mentioned last week is that I, I ordered from buyemergencyfoods.com. Hmm, thanks for doing uh, that. Make sure to, keep, to include the S. And I, I actually sampled some of it, and it's it's pretty darn good, i got to tell you. Excellent. It's, uh, it's buyemergencyfoods.com. You can use uh, coupon code FTL. Save, to save yep, some money on FTL. your own. Yep. 
And if you call them up, they're very nice people, too. So uh, I, I highly recommend it. You know, I if, if I'm going to make a purchase of that size, for some reason or another, I prefer to use the telephone. Um, you know, a lot of people want to do their purchasing online. It's not the way for me, but, it, you know, it is certainly for other people. But I, I like to have – I like to look online, and then I like to buy on the telephone. Yep, I do the same exact thing. So, That's because we're old, uh, the Steve. Reason, <laughs> re- reason why I <laughs> – the reason why I called is because I have an, a, an hypothesis, and, and it, it might not be right, but I think that I it, it could be the reason how come we got all these crazy, and not even crazy, crazy prank calls are fun. These were stupid prank calls that you guys have been getting for the last however many weeks or whatever. And I, I have an idea of, of a possibility of what might have been the origin of these prank calls. Media matters? Uh, uh, I'm sorry? Media matters? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Here's what I think. Uh, I was on Facebook and I was on one of those, uh, support the troops pages, not one of the more popular ones with millions or hundreds of thousands, but you know, one of the least, the less popular ones with, you know, a few thousand or something like that. And some, some guy. Had and you're a Navy it. vet, right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm a Navy vet just so that when the haters call in and tell me that, you know, blah, 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 I, you know, I, uh, the troops are fighting for my freedom to say some things. Um, there, there was a picture that somebody uploaded. Now, you know, you guys know how Facebook works. If I go to your Facebook page and I upload something, the only people who are going to see that are the people who go to your Facebook page. But if you then repost it, then everybody who's a fan of that page will see it in their news feed. Okay. So this was posted to one of these Support the Troops pages by somebody. Whether or not the page itself then reposted it, I'm not sure. But it was a picture of Ian. Skinny guy with a goatee. Hmm. And it said, this is Ian Freeman. I can't remember the exact verbiage. It said, this is Ian Freeman. Uh, he hosted a radio show called Free Talk Live on December or November or whatever it was, October such and such. Ian said, quote, I do not support the troops, unquote. And <laughs> then uh, said, you know, we should call up his, his, his uh, radio show. Here's the number and harass him, basically. Oh man, you should have shared know. that to the free uh, the free talk live Facebook page. Well, what I did was I uh, I I was going to download it, uh, and then when I went to download it, it had uh, been taken taken mm. down. Interesting. But I had another window open, and I had that on another window, and so I screen capped it, and then I made a, a bitmap out of it and turned that into a JPEG. So when I get back to my computer, yeah, in fact, if you want me to, I will. Uh, upload that to the Facebook page. Yeah, why not? Why not? Just to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what it looks like. It would right. seem like, though, that somebody who were resp- was responding to an advertisement like that would be more likely to say something about that issue, right? Like, they would be more likely to uh, speak in favor of the troops and the government aggression uh, overseas. Uh, it would seem less yeah. likely that the respondents would just be the same two, uh, you know, jackballs calling over and over again. I don't know. Maybe you're right, though. Certainly possible. Uh, is that what it was? I thought it was a bunch of different guys calling in. I didn't no, know. No, no, it's the same two. Uh, the same two guys. One of them sounds older. The other one sounds about ten. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. No, I didn't know that. I, you know, I, I haven't been listening to the show as regular regularly as I usually have. So, uh, Steve, thank you so for sharing that tonight. Appreciate your call, sure. and thank you again. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. Story is out of Reuters, where NBC News anchor David Gregory is being investigated by police after displaying what he said was a high capacity gun clip 
on Sunday's broadcast of Meet the Press. But you say, Mark, it's actually a magazine, not a clip. Uh, according to Washington's Metropolitan Police Department, Gregory held up what appeared to be a 30-round gun magazine, now using the words People use it interchangeably. Uh, here, which would be barred under Washington's People municipal... People call Free Talk Live a radio station, too. So, yep. you know... This uh, particular piece of hardware would be barred under Washington Municipal Code while he was hosting the nationally broadcast interview with National Rifle Association Chief Wayne LePierre. Here is a magazine for ammunition that carries 30 bullets, said Gregory as he held aloft the black cartridge, according to the video posted on the network's website. Now, isn't it possible that if we got rid of these, if we replaced them and said, well, you could only have a magazine that carries five bullets or ten bullets, isn't it just possible that we can reduce the carnage in a situation like Newtown? Gregory asked LaPierre, and LaPierre responded that I don't think that that is what will work. I agree. The network had contacted the police department. Why do you agree? Why do I agree? Because if if someone wants to kill some if someone wants to kill someone or hurt someone, they are going to kill someone or hurt someone regardless. It also uh, opens the opportunity for people who I mean, you know, magazines aren't that hard to create. Uh, as far as fabricating metal, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to create a magazine than it is to than create a, an, an automatic rifle. Um, True. So. You know, therefore, you're giving the by outlawing at this point when you outlaw high capacity magazines, only, only outlaws, outlaws will have, have high capacity magazines. And what exactly is keeping is someone from carrying 10, 20, 35 round magazines versus six or seven, 30 change, round magazines? Changing them out um, during a battle situation. You know, I would rather have if, if I were going to go lay waste to a shopping mall, I'd rather have a hundred round drum like that guy came into that movie theater than if I didn't. I just. Sure. But if you were hell bent on creating carnage at a mall and your option, you didn't have the option of a 30 round magazine and you only had the option of a five round magazine or. Like the guy in in China, you only had a knife or an axe. If you are hell-bent on doing damage and hurting people, you're going to find a way. If, well, it's, not, if it's not a gun, it's going to be a bomb. I heard people will strap them together. So like the, yeah. the lower-capacity magazines, they'll, they'll take one and put another one next to it, except flip it upside, upside down, down sure. and they'll strap them together. That way all they have to do is pull it flip out, it flip out. it up, and then they've got yeah, another you know, twice the capacity. So I, I've always found that a specious argument against the um, you know the gun limiters out there, the, the victim disarmament people out there. Which one it's, was specious? The, the specious, uh, the, the argument that somebody, you know, even if you outlaw everything but sharp pencils that someone will use sharp pencils to create damage because what they're concerned about is not eliminating the situation where somebody might do harm to another person they're mitigating the amount yep. of harm that that person that might done. do and the guy that and, did the stabbings in china didn't kill anybody yeah and and you know so that's a it's an argument for what they're claiming i However, thought he killed i thought he i'm sorry Mark, there were a couple people in serious condition last i heard i don't know if any of them expired. I, I was i thought it, there were at least two fatalities but okay. i i mean there have been other two fatalities incidents? he still didn't come anywhere near the yeah. uh, the crazy guy in in newtown uh, okay so how many people did timothy mcveigh kill did he come close? Well, I don't know. I probably. So, I mean, he made explosives, but now you can't get those same fertilizers that you used to. I mean, you know, the government's very reactionary, and this is what it does is, you know, something happens, and then they think that they can somehow prevent that thing from happening by taking one little thing away, this little thing, that little thing, and now you can't build the bombs that Timothy McVeigh built 
because, you know, they keep an eye on this kind of fertilizer or something. I mean, I don't know. I'm not looking to build bombs. I'm not spending a lot of time with that. Right. I understand. I'm not either. But, um, you know, I mean, when when one looks to, uh, you know, take away other people's freedom in order to make them feel safe, I, I think that it, it ultimately isn't going to work because someone will always figure out a new way to, to get around it. More about this particular case here in a moment where this news anchor is possibly facing some criminal charges, which have not yet been filed. Will he face them? Uh, we'll find out here. 855-450-FREE, the remainder of the story. And take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. Your thoughts on weapons prohibition? Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight for you. Bring up whatever you want, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy them over at freetalklive.com. Listening options included. We've got broadband version of the show, dial-up version, a mid-band version. These are all available to you around the clock. So if you want to tune in in the middle of the night and listen to Free Talk Live, you can do that. You'll hear the latest episode at all times on our streams at listen.freetalklive.com. And they're free. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, we've got over 100 great radio stations on AM and FM across the country that air the show throughout the week, various different times. And there's also our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, where we're heard on two different channels uh, throughout the entire week, all seven days. Uh, Plus, we're up on KU Band on free-to-air across North America via Galaxy 19. There are listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and a webcam on our website. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more about all of those options. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you've been hearing about bitcoins for a while. The number of people who are using bitcoins around the world is exploding. And if you have a business and want to accept bitcoins, you might not know how, but, you know, there's a way to do it. BitPay has made it easy for you. Thanks to BitPay, there's now an easy way for any website, charity, or retail store to accept bitcoins and have them instantly converted into cash and deposited right into your bank account. You know, That's important it, for a yeah, business. Yeah. Anybody can accept bitcoins relatively easily by putting a wallet out on their, uh, their webpage like we do at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Mm-hmm. We're not looking to convert things into U.S. dollars. But cash flow is important for businesses and charities and organizations like that. And BitPay makes that easy. The fees are lower than credit cards, much lower than credit cards. And there's no risk of a chargeback or fraud. And that's huge. If, you've, if you're in business, you've worked with PayPal. If you've worked with PayPal, you probably hate them. But they're pretty much the only thing out there. So uh, try out BitPay uh, at BitPay.com to get started. It's BitPay.com. Fine idea. I actually went through the sign-up process the other day, Mark. Before they, but just by coincidence, before they started advertising on the show, I went through the uh, the sign-up process at BitPay.com, and it was pretty easy. 
So, really? So what are you going to do? I mean, are you trying to take um, except? I was this? actually just looking into it to see how easy it was okay. because uh, the Hundred Night Shelter here in yeah. town has been talking about accepting Bitcoin, and someone suggested uh, BitPay as an option right. for them. And so I was just kind of doing the, the groundwork to see, you know, well, how complicated is this process? And it was really simple. And I think they it, approved the uh, approved the application very quickly. Right. I think that for the Hundred Night Shelter, it probably makes a lot of sense. However, for uh, Free Talk Live, I don't think it makes any sense at all. I want the Bitcoin. That we get. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm not looking to convert to cash. Uh, but anyway, BitPay.com, great site. Uh, 855-450-FREE. We'll go back to your phone calls here, but I just want to let you know the rest of the story from Reuters about the uh, TV host, NBC anchor David Gregory, is under investigation, and presumably everybody else on the set of his television show would probably be under investigation by Washington, D.C. police uh, because they used a 30-round magazine on camera. Uh, meaning they showed it to the camera, and possessing such a thing in Washington, D.C. is illegal. Here in New Hampshire, not a problem, but uh, Washington, D.C., that apparently is. You and- know, I, I, what I was, first thing when I saw this story, the first thing I thought about is, is it's television, it's entertainment, they, t- to some extent, they tell, they don't always tell the truth about things. Um, so couldn't he have just as easily had a replica and been referring to it as it's the real thing? Like one without a spring in it or something like that? There's all kinds of replicas out there. Um, you know, I wouldn't claim to know what makes a, you know, one of these things a replica and not a replica, but, you know, and I don't know what the government defines a magazine as or not a magazine because these definitions are extraordinarily important. Sure. If this magazine was carved out of wood... It wouldn't be a magazine by most right. people's they would definition. would have to prove, in order to find this man guilty, the state would have to prove its case that he did indeed possess an illegal a magazine. A functioning, yeah. non-replica magazine. So, uh, apparently, the network had con- contacted the police department prior to the broadcast, inquiring if they could use a high-capacity magazine for the segment, according to the police spokesman. NBC was informed that possession of a high-capacity magazine was not permissible, and their request was denied. It's just the asinine to me. Police spokesman, hey, the law's the law, lady. <laughs> it's just, it just strikes me as asinine. Police spokesman declined to elaborate on the investigation into NBC. Washington's municipal code prohibits possession, sale, or transfer of, quote, any large-capacity ammunition feeding device, regardless of whether the device is attached to a firearm. Maximum penalty for conviction on such a charge is a $1,000 fine and one year in prison so it sounds like it's a misdemeanor or i guess if it's just a town ordinance well i guess dc's different right it's not your average city so maybe they can have their own misdemeanors in dc it is kind of like the federal city basically so they've got their own set of laws that separate from uh from you know virginia or wherever uh let's see nbc spokeswoman erica mason hall said the network had no comment after the broadcast which originated in Washington, a number of bloggers and websites questioned Gregory's actions and the legality of the gun clip. Now, it'll be interesting to see if we do end up hearing what the results of this uh, so-called investigation are. Are they going to look the other direction on this, or will they actually make some kind of an arrest to prove to everybody that their law is actually, you know, means what it says my and bet it's is not on, selectively enforced? Yeah, my, my bet is on the former, that it will that be they'll selective. they'll ignore this. Yeah, they'll yeah. selectively enforce it. Yeah, I think that they're, you know, at this point, scaring, um, you know, people from saying, hey, you just can't, you can't just hold this stuff in your hands. Now, if a police officer was holding it and explaining to a crowd, it would be just fine. Sure, in the he's same, trained. In it's the same, just fine in this instance as well. <laughs> well, 
I, I, fine, you know, legally. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, just in the same way the kids, the the, uh, the officers that would come through our school and churches uh, with uh, drugs and show them to us, hey, kids, these are bad. Yeah. Um, so if you're trying to get uh, Wally's or Beanie's or Zamzams, this is what they look like. And uh, right. you'll be sure to, you know, check it out with your dealer. Um, you know, I just <laughs> thought it was the craziest thing to bring this stuff in. Um, you know. Never heard of Zamzams before. I don't know. I'm just making crap up. But, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's just okay for them to do it because why it's a higher class of person yep so we'll see what happens if we see what happens we'll let you know 855-450-FREE the pizza guy's on the line from Fargo you're on Free Talk Live hello there perfect perfect timing I just got back in my car excellent and I'm on my way back from Eagle Run Mark it's great to uh, hear your voice I missed you over your Christmas vacation yeah I'm just in time I'll I'll tell you uh oh where'd he go he's still there go ahead yeah, say I wanted to uh, tie in my, you know, I, I expounded on how knowledge is, is, you know, something we don't really have. It's all an issue of likelihood. Um, when you go ahead and start thinking in that way, you know, you, you can start changing your language and changing the way you think. Some things become more clear. So when it comes, like, to this assault ban weapon, this assault weapons ban that's on the table, you know, the real question you should be asking yourself is, how likely is it that human beings are going to kill each other? How many people have you met and how many times have you been killed? Because, you know, millions of people I've probably met, I've never once, you know, had my life threatened. So what you want to do is impose a weapons ban 100% of the time for something that happens, you know, so irregularly. You know, there's a lot of, you know, weapons, assault weapons are stupid. You know, um, they don't they don't make sense. They're, you know, they're just toys for fun. You know, they make a big loud boom. They make me feel like a real man when I have them. Um. Hello? You okay? Oh, did you drop us? I, I was yep, listening to, uh, you know, some of the NRA spokespeople, and I really do hate agreeing with the NRA, but I've got to say that, you know, some of the stuff that the rhetoric they've had out recently, I really like. The fact is, is that every single time somebody with a gun has to take care of a bad guy with a gun, even if it's that bad guy himself. So, you know, do you want to disarm people? And yep. the government, it is not the government's job to keep us safe. There's it more is coming our, up here. our job to keep us safe. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Uh, Those features, by the way, include news updates. You can get signed up for email, Twitter, or Facebook. They're all available over at news.freetalklive.com. Follow the show in whatever method you feel is best. Uh, once again, news.freetalklive.com. Bitinstant.com is the fastest, safest, and easiest way to acquire bitcoins. 
Bitcoins are, if you haven't heard uh, here on the show, they're a online, peer-to-peer, open-source, alternative currency for the Internet. They're like cash for the Internet. They allow you to send and receive money without paying any fees. They give you complete control over your account. So, you know, whatever organization you're using to send and receive money, they can't just freeze your account whenever they feel like it. Um, Because you have complete control over your account with Bitcoins. Bitcoins aren't the aren't issued by any government agency or by any bank they are a you know completely organic and and open source and like i said open source peer to peer project and i think you'll find out find them to be very useful if you want to get some bitinstant.com makes it possible for you to deposit money at more than a million locations worldwide including your computer at home in more than 30 countries around the world, all you have to do is go to bitinstant.com, select how you want to fund your account and where your account is, and then make the deposit. It's that easy. Bitinstant.com. All right, let's continue here uh, with you and your calls. We've been talking about the uh, NBC anchor David Gregory being investigated after displaying what was supposedly a high-capacity magazine on television, Washington, D.C. police are coming after him, well, supposedly. They say they're investigating. Maybe they'll end up just not doing anything about this and proving that if you are someone who looks, uh, you know, like you possibly might be mm, a gangster or you might mm, possibly attract the attention of the police on the streets, then, yeah, they're going to arrest you and put you behind bars for having a magazine in your possession. But if you're a high-class, high-level news authority... Uh, then you'll be, you know, maybe they'll look the other way. We've yet to see exactly what the D.C. Police Department decides to do in this case. But in the meantime, uh, it brought up a larger discussion about possessing weapons, possessing magazines and things like that. And, of course, outlawing magazines means only, or high-capacity ones means only outlaws will have those high-capacity magazines. And a moment ago, Mark, you were vaunting the NRA for saying things that you like to hear during this particular uh, I don't aftermath. know if it's necessarily what I like to hear, but what things that I to some to, I was not convinced after this uh, the situation um, that the best thing would have been for somebody to be there with a gun um, to confront this dude. But now I am. So what you said you liked that you heard them say was that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Not necessarily true. Sometimes it's the bad guy himself. Often it is. They killing good, themselves. If a mean? good guy with a gun doesn't come along, uh, you know, then the bad guys often will off himself or run off. That's true. Uh, but you did say you did like that statement. It, uh, it seems and, accurate to but me. But maybe what you didn't hear was the statement that he made after that, where he said, "With all the money in the federal budget, can't we afford to put a police officer in every single school?" So you've got the NRA calling for more militarization of the schools. Well, they're also talking uh, about volunteer militarization of the, um, you know, volunteer. Uh, you know, gunmen in the schools too, and I think that that's an interesting idea. I think that the biggest problem with schools is is they collect too many people in one area, and everyone's unarmed. Uh, you know, they do the they they make sure that everybody's unarmed there. Senator um, Barbara Boxer is presenting legislation to uh, possibly put National Guard troops at school. Fantastic. So, who needs just one police officer at the school when you can have the entire National Guard or at least a portion of them? Yeah, it's going to make it look like a police state. 
Right. Doesn't that look like a police state? I think it is a police. state. You don't support the NRA saying this, right? Like when when they're saying, let's put a bunch of police officers in the schools and have them tote some weapons around. Well, I think that it's a government solution for a government school. But do you support the NRA in in them saying I I, I don't support government schools? So therefore, I can't support any of that. Okay. Like there's no foundation. I don't I don't I can't support the NRA because they don't have any principles. They don't care about gun freedom. They don't care about freedom. They only care about the NRA and supporting their organization and fundraising for their organization. And their lobby. Just like every other lobbying and influence group and think tank in Washington, D.C. There are actually some gun organizations out there that do have some principles, Mm -hmm. from what I understand. I've heard good things about gun owners of America. I certainly heard more good things about them than the NRA. I I wouldn't say they're principled either, but they certainly are better. When I uh, spoke with, uh, I think it's Larry, can't remember his last name, from Gun Owners of America. Pratt. Pratt, he did not uh, support the idea of people who have been convicted of felonies mm. supporting guns or excuse me having guns and you know as a convicted felon i've got to say that you know he doesn't want you to defend your family right, right. you know if if somebody is safe enough to let out of prison then they should be safe enough to be able to defend their families that you need to outlaw the possession of the weapon or not the excuse me the the what they use the weapon for not the very the very possession of it. I was convicted of a felony in 1988 or 89, mm-hmm. and it's been many many years since then. Yep. So exactly why is it I shouldn't be able you know you you can defend your family immediately from some kind of threat I can't do so. Now my wife could own a weapon, but it can never be in my active possession. So basically, she has to keep it in some kind of locked situation, which makes it less accessible. Right. We have a toddler, so, you know, one would probably do such a thing anyway. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, I, shouldn't felons be able to defend themselves? I think so. Let's go to Daryl. He's listening in Keene to LRN.FM. Hey, Daryl. Hi, Ian. And I don't know if you somehow read my mind, but you asked Mark the exact questions <laughs> that I was going to call and ask. Oh, sorry, man. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. No, that's perfectly fine. Uh, Just because I wasn't sure if Mark heard the entire 30-minute speech given by the guy from the NRA, uh, Wayne LaPierre, where he did say, we need police, armed police in every school. And why stop at just having one armed police officer at the school? Bring the Bearcat in. Why not have an armed police officer inside every classroom? Yeah, and have the Bearcat roaming through the hallways. Or at the mall. Or at the mall or down at the post office or any other place where guns were not allowed. It makes perfectly good sense from a governmental standpoint. Wait, Daryl was saying something. What, Daryl? You need a police officer in your house at all times to make sure that you don't do anything wrong. Well, no, I do not. <laughs> when you say it makes perfectly good sense from a governmental standpoint, How, you mean like from the standpoint of we're the government, we always want to get bigger, we well, always want to you know, put well, more police on the streets and people, cr- control people? This is what, no, uh, you know, people believe... People believe that this agency of the the of, of control is there to protect them. They think that police officers are, and I think to some extent this is a true statement that police officers mitigate crime. Um, and so, why not if you're going to 
put police officers all around. I mean, they're driving around little funny lights on the tops of their cars around your community. Why wouldn't you have them in your you – know, they're on your government roads. Why wouldn't you have them in your government schools? I mean, and to me, it makes perfectly good sense. It's going to drive up the costs of government schools. But who cares? At this point, they're spending you know ridiculous amount you – know, they're, they're spending more than private schools to send your kid to public school and get a worse education. Why in the world wouldn't you? Well, here's what I would like to see, and I I believe, Mark, you probably agree to some extent, a totally free market situation to where parents could then decide whether to send their children to a school where no one has any ability to defend the children or to send them to a school where... Some teachers may decide to carry weapons to defend themselves and the children, or they could send them to the school to where there's military guys sitting next to every student. Or homeschool them and teach them how to defend themselves. Exactly. Daryl, thank you for the call tonight. appreciate the thoughts. Uh, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. That's my solution. I agree. The market should decide. Uh, People should be free to send their kids wherever they want to or keep them at home, do unschooling, etc. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone. 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. Free Talk Live, you can take control here at toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. We're talking guns, but you can also bring up anything that you would like. Uh, The main topic of discussion uh, was, at one point, a news anchor who's possibly being investigated by the Washington police, I presume it was Washington, D.C. police, uh, for possessing, allegedly, a full 30-round magazine on television. Yeah, was it full? Because I haven't seen anything. I was curious to know. No, I'm sorry. I don't know if it actually had ammo in it. No, I guess I meant full as in it can hold 30 rounds. Um, But anyway, he was holding that on television, and that led into a larger discussion about guns and what to do about schools. The NRA is suggesting putting police officers in every single school and, of course, arming them and having them, I don't know, look intimidating or something like that. And then the Senator Boxer has proposed legislation to put the National Guard members in schools across the country. And I have to say that either one of those solutions I don't support. But then again, as you pointed out, Mark, I don't support government schools in the first place. I don't support, you know, the coercion that's necessary to keep them operating. I think that if you want to have a school where there's armed guards present, if that makes you feel safe, you should be paying for that. And by the the way, many of these people doing these interviews and purporting to, uh, you know, be against uh, you know armed guards in schools, because the Democrat solution is let's get rid of uh, assault weapons, whatever that means, or let's get rid of 30 round clips, which those are much more quantifiable um, or anything above 10 round clip or whatever. That's much more quantifiable. But, you know, no to more guns in schools with, uh, you know, the good guys, whatever that might be. And I think that that's well, this a, is a Democrat a proposing term. to put the National Guard uh, in, in school. 
schools. I gotcha. Um, but generally, when you're hearing the talking heads out there in the media, I'm just telling you what the you know the sides, the camps as they've taken them. Um, but you know, many of them do send their kids to school to schools that already have armed guards in them, and. You know, I can see why people would want armed guards at their schools. I get it. I go to lots of places that have armed guards, and it doesn't bother me that there are armed guards there. You know, I'd like to put my money in a bank where there's an armed guard. And I yeah, consider the bank armed... my child to be more important than the bank. Sure, but the bank the armed the guards bank. aren't going to arrest Jack uh, You're for talking about police officers. mooning some girl in the you know classroom. You're talking about police officers versus armed guards, and this is just a way that the NRA is using to get free armed guards, essentially. Do you think that if the uh, you think if the National Guard members are put on school campus that they won't be given the power to uh, you know bring kids to justice? Nothing on the campus. There's, uh, you know, there's a, there's an old saying: "There's nothing scarier than a bored cop." And this, by the way, is a term that they use. Police officers use. Uh, this is you know their their saying, not mine. And so, I mean, what would these, uh, you know, National Guard people be besides cops in this situation? And what would they be besides bored? They would be very right. bored. And I don't know. I would think that the problem with putting an armed individual in the school is, is that they would spend, you know, their career for one moment. That they were, would largely be useless. So, therefore, people would want to apply them to other situations. Well, if they're here, then they might as well do this or that or the other thing. There's also the issue that if you put someone with a gun in a school, they become the primary target. We saw in Newtown, though they had the security system. They had the, the buzz-in system where someone had to show an ID and actually be visually approved the guy shot through the glass opened the door and got into the school oh is that right you know i didn't realize so, that so they did have security in place but the guy got around it now a couple mm. years i thought ago, they just let him in because his mom worked there. a couple years ago I, and his mom didn't work there is my understanding oh, really so that wait are we talking about the same yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, Newtown in connecticut it, 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 yeah. the, the story has changed since early on his you mother didn't work there no, no. media media reporting was terrible in this in this event but so we she also, wasn't a teacher we or? also saw this too no she didn't work there okay as, as my understanding got it. and and if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will call in and, and correct us. But we saw this, too. A couple of years ago, they wanted to put metal detectors in the state house in New Hampshire mm-hmm. um, and put armed guards. And it, it comes back to the ability to, t- to detain. And are these armed guards in schools going to be able to detain? Uh, is it a National Guard? Is it a private private um, security firm? No one has proposed private security firms for these uh, for these schools, but there is something they could be doing here, uh, Mark, just to let you know. Mm-hmm. Ms. Boxer has also proposed in her School Safety Enhancement Act, and who could possibly vote against something that's called that? Uh, in this act, she also calls for an increase of funding for a federal grants program from $30 million to $50 million to help fund school security measures such as an installation of metal detectors and surveillance cameras. So you could have the armed guards operating the metal detectors. That could give them something to those do. Because are, those are effective. I mean, if you're going, if you are, again, we'll come back to, if you are hell-bent as doing as much damage as possible, okay. Right, you the blast state the house, guards at the metal detector and waltz right and in. And waltz right in. And then everybody else has their nice little illusion of safety. Well, yeah. And, and you just get mowed down. I just, I, I don't. There it's have security been instances, theater all the way. Right. Well, there have sure. been instances um, of 
people who have you know, armed people who have stopped all kinds of things that could have turned into mass shootings. You know, maybe you'd have the armed guard wearing civilian clothes might be a way to handle that situation. Maybe the principal should have a gun instead. Maybe the teachers who want to carry them should have them instead. You know, I don't really care how these I just don't care how these people go about dealing with their schools. As far as I'm concerned, public schools are funded through coercion. You're stealing from my kid in order to send your kid to school because every dollar that it's taken from me in property taxes or whatever way these schools are funded is a dollar I can't spend on my son's education. Mm -hmm. And there are things that I would do to spend on his education. So it is outright blatant theft. And I don't really care. I mean, beyond that, once you build on the foundation of immorality, theft and evil, I don't really care where we go from there. Mm, I see where you're coming from. Right. I I do, too. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, I I don't know that to me, this is rearranging the decks on, you know, the, the, the whatever Charon's boat is on the River Styx. I don't care because its foundation is evil. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. If you want to send poor kids to school, I know that's the next thing. Oh, but what about the poor kids? Then have a a scholarship fund for poor kids, because when I go by the school in my town, there's a bunch of cars that are nicer than my car, that it's full of it's full of pe- middle class people sending and upper middle class people sending their kids to school on my kid's dime, and it's wrong. Yep, I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from. Although I, you know, am willing to say I oppose the idea of putting a bunch of armed guards in the schools, even the government schools, because I just don't like the idea. And I agree with you that the the, the premise, the foundation, is theft. The foundation is coercion. That's wrong. I would prefer, however, to not have militarized schools. Well, I'm that, I'm certainly with you there. Yeah. And I think further to that, I think it's it's a bad idea. Just because it's, I mean, the Supreme Court has ruled time and time again. Courts have ruled that it is not the government's job to protect us. It's not. Yes, they have. That's right. You know, so I mean, okay, so we have this government school with the government paid guard at the door and we send our kids off. Kids get mowed down and however they get mowed down. And so we're back to back to square one. How do we keep our kids safe. We keep, keep our out kids. Of school. We keep our kids safe by keeping them out of victim disarmament zones. Yep. We keep our kids safe by teaching them that government does not protect them and that their self defense is their own responsibility. Ultimately, your self defense is your own responsibility. I don't see how we how first graders could defend themselves in that circumstance. But you know, it, it it's I, I, the thing is is you can't legislate crazy. And that's what it was with this individual. He, all these, you know, these guns were bought legally by the mom, but mm-hmm. he possessed them illegally. So all the uh, all the little laws out there that are going to keep this bad thing from happening or that bad thing from happening won't work. No, they don't. They don't work. Even changes in technology at this point won't work because I mean, for probably ten years now, there's been uh, uh, innovations in the technology field for biometrics and mm-hmm. grips and triggers. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of these, and they're they're neat as far as technologically wise. I think they're really neat. But I mean, we've been around here a couple hundred years. How many guns do we already have out there? So even changing million? the right, we even changing the technology at this point is that the, the horse is out of the barn. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? She also said here in her speech that the legislation regarding the National Guardsmen is modeled after a program in place since 1989 that allows governors to use the National Guard to aid law enforcement in anti-drug operations. What so, could go wrong? So pointing out that, look, we're already using the National Guard for assisting law enforcement. She says, let's take it another step further. Troops could be deployed at schools or 
that could be assigned to desk jobs at police stations to free up local law enforcement to patrol the schools. So let's mix them up a little bit more. Let's mix up the uh, National Guard but with National, the police. National Guard? I mean, the people that sign up for National Guard don't sign up to do work in their community necessarily. I mean, sure they certain, do. There's some, well, there, it was two, one weekend a year and six weeks, uh, one, six weeks a year and one weekend a month. Is that right? Two weeks a year, one weekend a month. Okay, so whatever the the, you know, the commitment After is, basic, yeah. when I sign up, I didn't sign up to go to Afghanistan, and I didn't sign up to go do paperwork at you're, your cop station. You're going to Afghanistan anyway, just letting you know. <laughs> I understand if you sign up for the National Guard, you basically are signing up for the Army yeah, sure. today, and that's what people need to yeah. know. However, you know, if if you want a civilian uh, military force, which is what they're trying to use, the what she's proposing here with the National Guard, create one. Don't oh. go pussyfooting around and call it the National Guard. The National Guard is, a, is, is there for emergencies. Well, we know they're working on that too, Mark, the idea of having a, a national organization that is Separate from the military, but uh, coercive in its own way. Hour three is next. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keen. Keen is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and do it toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. With you in the studio here tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And the number again, toll-free, 855-450-FREE. We're going to go right back into your phone calls. We've been talking about guns and the proposals on the table to put National Guard troops in the schools. Others have proposed more police officers for schools. Barbara Boxer, who has proposed the National Guard being put into schools, also says that National Guardsmen should be doing police work as well. They should be working at desk jobs in the police department, she says, so police officers can hit the streets and hit them hard. Uh, So, I don't know, maybe you're disturbed by the idea that the military is meshing with the police or the idea of having the military occupying the schools or the police uh, occupying the schools. Of course, we talked about market-based education and how people should be free to choose to send their kids to whatever kind of school they want and not forced to spend their money on schools that may not share their value system. As, Mark, you are currently being forced, since you're the only one on the the show tonight uh, of the hosts who actually has a child, uh, you are being forced to pay money into a system that doesn't necessarily share your beliefs or values. Definitely doesn't. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Jim is on the line. He's calling from Winchester, New Hampshire. Hey, Jim. Hello. Hey. Hello there. You're on the air. Hey, I'm uh, greatly displeased by all the uh, suggestions that people have for the solution to these problems. So what do you got? What's your solution? 
everybody talks about the gun, everybody talks about the bullet, you know, more guards, but they never talk about the uh, the crazy guy that's uh, you know that's doing these things. You know, why is he crazy? How do we recognize that he's crazy? You know, what can we do for him for him to not be crazy? I think that's a that's a wonderful point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, a couple of things that I, Mark commented in the last segment about his thoughts on the on the NRA speech, and I, I saw most of it myself, and I think that there were a couple of things that weren't really addressed by the NRA um, when they first came back with, let's put guns in schools, you know, or armed guards in schools. And definitely, I'm with you, Jim, that the mental health aspect of it is certainly um, concerning um, to me. But there's also, as I said in the last segment, there's the there's technology available. There are some there are other answers that the the NRA has not um, brought up in this situation that I think they're they're remiss for for not. Well, I would guess the government solution as far as how do you tell who's crazy is to put everybody who wants to buy a gun through some kind of psych check. No, there there's ways of uh, telling what's happening in people's heads by the by the way they act. You know what they're doing, writing down. You know, I'm not saying put these people in jail. There's a, there's help for these people, and uh, rather than uh, piling more guns on, rather than piling more guards on, you know, they can uh, they can find these people and they can actually help them. Well, I don't I think, think the government's going to be very good at that, right? That. When you say they, who should be doing this? Because it seems to me that the government is the least compassionate organization. That I don't really want their help, even if I am crazy. Well, you have people like Stefan Molyneux, name drop, to uh, you know that work on this these problems, the problems that people have from very young, from you know when they're very young people, and how that develops through their life. You know, and if if you can. Get uh, psychologists or you know scientific people to uh, to quantify or qualify or what have you to uh, you know to identify these people. Find out how you can help these people. That problem will be eliminated. How do you help someone that doesn't want to be helped? Right. What if they don't want to take your medicine? Well, uh, what do you do if you don't want to sell them guns? I don't understand that problem. That problem is not uh, not necessary, or it's completely moot until you find out why these people are crazy. Then you can help them. Well, do you, do you force someone to get help if they don't want it, or if if you as as someone a, a self proclaimed or you have you have a piece of paper saying that someone else deemed you an expert, and you come up to me and say, "Hey, you look like a crazy person." I think you need some help. And I say, hey, Jim from Winchester, pound sand. What do you do? What do you well, do then? I'm not, I'm not going to address the problem of what to do with crazy people. I think people don't want to uh, look into crazy people because they're afraid the finger is going to be pointed at themselves. That's and I possible. I know politicians are in that uh, category. I know a lot, of, a lot of cops are in that category. Uh, Jim, thank you for sharing 
those thoughts tonight. If you don't mind, I'd like to change gears on you a little bit. Uh, We can continue the gun topic here. But a friend of yours uh, was recently arrested, uh, Russell Canning, who uh, is somebody that Mark and myself uh, were also friends with. Uh, He made the move up here as one of the earliest movers to New Hampshire. Help me build my house. Right, as part of the Free State Project. Yeah, and uh, and Russell was arrested just a few days ago, and I— I don't. I guess the arrest was in Missouri. I had thought that he was in Texas at the time, but anyway, it was on two different federal warrants for chalking, and I know that chalking. Yeah, for chalking. Riding on the sidewalk with chalk. No, riding on the side of a, a retaining wall or a building. Okay, is my understanding. All and, right. Uh, so I, I just figured I'd you know since you happen to call in tonight, I'd ask you what your thoughts were on that. I think it's horrible. Man, they arrested a Santa Claus in Austin for writing uh, "Cherry Christmas." Uh, things on the sidewalk too that's right mm. it's completely ridiculous is and there's austin no the home of the property. lone star liberty project it is that's okay right. yeah that's the uh, it's there's no destruction of property what it is is stomping on a person's uh first amendment rights to speech not Absolutely. the constitution is worth a damn anymore jim thank you for your call and the thoughts tonight do appreciate hearing from you 855-450-FREE. The story is from freekeen.com. Thanks to uh, Garrett over at Free Concord, where he may have actually originally posted at freeconcord.org. A report this morning by Kat Canning says, uh, relays the unfortunate news that Russell Canning has been arrested. This was from the 23rd, by the way. On federal warrants on what are likely chalk-related charges or failure to pay fines related to chalking. Suddenly alone in a truck stop in Missouri, we had a headlight go out. They found warrants for Waco and New Hampshire chalking incidents. Background checks hadn't found the warrants, so Russell thought they'd been dropped, meaning when he was getting you know, work, having background yeah. checks run on him. Too late, at night or for, uh, too late at night for me to talk to anyone. They say there's no bond. They're dragging him off to Texas or New Hampshire. Can you believe that they're extraditing? This isn't free, people. Um, it costs a lot of money for states to extradite people from mm-hmm. other states. They're going to have to send somebody from Waco. This is to- a matter of homeland security, son. We Chalk take this terrorist. chalking very seriously. He's a terrorist. Uh, you know, either He's they... chalking messages about peace, and we can't have that in right. this country. Either you have no respect for taxpayer money for going to get somebody, what, a, a, a 750 miles, that's 1,500 miles round trip, sending how many, two officers in a vehicle in order to do this. Either you have no respect for the taxpayer's money, or... I mean, you want to, I don't know, you want to institute a police state? I have no idea. This is baffling to me. Russell has been arrested and ticketed for chalking free Bradley Manning on a retaining wall at the federal building in Concord, New Hampshire. And he was arrested, and that was a couple years ago, because he and uh, his wife, Kat, left New Hampshire to move down some time. and be with family in Texas. Uh, so this is, you know, a warrant that's been around for a while. And he was also arrested in Waco, Texas, while chalking in support of Nasri Mustakim, who was facing deportation at the time, but has since won his freedom to remain in the U.S. Cat was the first person video recorded being arrested on Free Concord TV in the blog's debut video, Federal War on Chalk Begins. And apparently it is continuing. As we mentioned uh, Saturday night, as Jim uh, pointed out over the phone, Santa Claus and one of his elves were arrested in Austin. In Texas over the weekend as well, an occupier, 
for chalk for talking God. on the sidewalk. Jeez. It's caught on video, yep. and uh, it's absolutely outrageous. Occupy Austin has that story. Santa Claus is one of the occupiers there in the Austin area, and has so that's been charged. Not part of the Lone Star Liberty Project. No, okay. has been charged with the uh, with I believe the catch-all charge of disorderly conduct. Yeah, because, they, because I can't even imagine any legislator out there would take their time to vote on something that had to do with chalk graffiti. Certainly, what they would. Because Maybe it, they would. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it here in New Hampshire. Anything that um, constitutes standing up and standing against the state will be they will shut you down. Right. If he had been so if he had been chalking support our troops, how would he have been treated? Different. Yeah. Well, the, the Santa Claus had cheery Christmas messages, right? Well, it was peace and stuff like that. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877-357-9938. 877-357-9938. Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've gone off on the gun tangent here this evening, and we're going to go further where Nemi is going to tell us about, uh, I guess, an issue that she wants to discuss on this, and that is guns. Uh, registered gun owners' names being released, apparently? Yes. We'll talk about that here. 855-450-FREE. Also want to invite you over to freetalklive.com. We have a mobile site. For those of you with a smartphone, want quick access to our live streams, just drop into m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. You can get to our streams there and the podcast. It's all free. m.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can go to VictimlessCrimeSpree.com and watch this <laughs> free full-length, feature-length presentation. It is a documentary film, and I am a big fan of it. Of well, course, I'm the, the producer. producer. But uh, I'm really, uh, you know, really proud of this movie. I think it's an excellent film that really makes it clear who the bad guys are out there. Uh, and you know, obviously, there's the personal, individual bad guys. But this movie focuses on the bad guys of the government uh, aggressing against peaceful people. And in this case, the peaceful person is Derek J and some of his friends, who of course are all based out of the Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, area and Derek J is actually getting ready to, by the way, uh, currently getting ready to leave the D.C. area, as I understand it, and move on with his tour. He yep. is on tour and uh, is this exile tour from New Hampshire as he's out on a suspended sentence, which is a 540-day sentence in jail for various different victimless crimes, such as riding a bicycle uh, and uh, smoke, attempting to smoke some cannabis. And a few other victimless activities like dancing in a in a public park, uh, but all of those are shown in great detail, including video footage of five different victimless crime arrests and all the various different interesting things that surrounded those activities at victimlesscrimespree.com. And I'll be excited to be announcing soon when the director's cut of victim of uh, Derek J's victimless crime spree will be available on DVD. 
We've got a really killer... Uh, soon. Yeah. It's going to be sooner than I expected. I thought it was going to end up being like April, but it's going to be much sooner. Cool. So I don't have the date yet, but we will have that soon, and I will be announcing that here. So I'm excited about that. It's going to be a killer DVD packed full of extras, including commentary tracks, which uh, I think are really unique and obviously a, a feature that's not easily available. You can't do commentary on YouTube yet, so that's not something you can get on the YouTube version, uh, which is the full version of the film at victimlesscrimespree.com. So, uh, we'll get to the story here about the uh, the names being released, but first, Michael is on the line listening to WVTS in Charleston, West Virginia. Hello, Michael. Hi, how are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, first time caller, first what? time listener. Just driving through and caught you. It was a breath of fresh air. Thank Excellent, you. sir. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to wait in on guns and schools. Um, it, it really comes down to um, what part of... of of the country you you, you believe in and, and, and what version of it is I, I tend to gravitate towards the the, the libertarian side but um, some folks unfortunately think that uh, that uh, the government is there to be their sole provider and protector and those children are unfortunately probably not be protected the right way and um, when you get down to it uh, if you don't want the National Guard there and I'm I, I'm a Fire service, active duty marine, and an Army National Guard infantry sergeant. I don't think the, the National Guard should be in the schools either. But um, you know, my my wife and I are going to home homeschool our children because of it. Because my house is secure. I have weapons in every room, and my wife and I are trained in them. And and that's kind of where my most precious thing that I own are my children, and um, that's my task. So that's kind of what I feel like. If you if you take it seriously, and you think that 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 that's your your mission in life is to raise your children and that's what you do and if you don't then let the state try it they do such a good job at everything else <laughs> yeah right right well good for you uh, good good for you this is it's a, a breath of fresh air to hear you saying you're, you're not going to send your kids to school in this situation i have a question for you as a marine um i i saw in the days after these shootings in connecticut i saw Someone, um, a member of the military, don't know which branch, who's, who went to his uh, child's school and stood guard unarmed. Um, do you think that is effective? What What do you think is the effective resolution in this situation? Uh, that gentleman was a former staff sergeant in the Marine Corps, and, and uh, you know we, we we're trained at least uh, at least on the infantry side of the house uh, to, for unarmed combatants, um, knives, weapons, those kinds of things. I think it. A general deterrent uh, is better than no deterrent. Um, uh, it, it, in my version of reality, uh, uh, I, I believe in open carry versus concealed carry because I want the bad guy to know I'm standing there with a weapon. Amen. Um, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you take it as you can get it. And, and obviously that's more than uh, the local police department was going to do because, once again, they're a general deterrent to crime. They're, they're there to write a report and call a medical examiner when it's all over with. Right. Um, that's why you can't sue them when they when they don't protect you and bad things happen to you. Yeah, you, I, mean, I, I just prefer if you believe in evil and you believe in mental illness and you believe that some people are just pre-proposed to do evil things and or, or uh, then you got to believe that uh, that you got to arm yourself and protect yourself and you know the sheep and sheep dog version of reality because I I'm, I'm a sheep dog I know there are wolves out there um, some people prefer not to be and and that's okay too. Um, I can't live my life like that. I'm not going to sign up for the state-sponsored cheese. I'm just not going to stay on that line. 
The um, you know, the, the fact is, the Supreme Court's ruled over and over and over again that that the government has no responsibility to protect. And like you said, uh, if they did have a Amen. responsibility to protect, then you'd be able to sue the cops when your house gets burglarized. And you know, I mean, that, that sounds like a ludicrous statement. But if I were to hire, say, Wackenhut or some or- organization, you know, some security organization to guard my heart house, you can darn sure believe I would have some kind of tort against them if that if my house got robbed. So. I mean, like you, I guess general uh, general crime deterrent is a good description of uh, police officers because I really do think that they generally do de- deter crime. But well, they don't sure, have... but if you put a gun in everyone's hand, that deters crime as well. It certainly deters. Well, my as we've seen, I agree with uh, Nemi. By the way, on this point, I thought the most effective illustration of the fact that it's average people that stop crime was the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, where what you saw happen was the government told everybody, all right, you got to get out of here. And so all the average, you know, so-called law-abiding folks left. And that left only two groups, the government people, uh, meaning the military, the true, you know, the, uh, the, the California Highway Patrol had come in there, various different police officers from various different areas. So you had the police side and then you had the, you know, the other criminals, uh, the less organized criminals were also there. Right. And you didn't have the average folks, the average armed individuals there to defend their businesses, to defend their homes. And so they were literally being invaded by all manner of looters and including the police, by the way, they were invading people's homes and stealing their guns. So ultimately, you really had had a chaos, chaotic, anarchist, uh, you know, kind of situation where the two sides were the, you know, the criminals. And, uh, you know, it's the average folks that really do keep people safe. I think people don't give average people enough credit for that. I think the cops get all the credit and it's, it's not fair. Right. No, it, it really just comes down to when you, when you, when a vacuum of normalcy happens, what, now where do you go? And that, that veneer of civilization is only so thick. And then it's going to come down to what are you prepared to do as an individual to protect yourself and your and your family? Right, that's, that's right. all you can count on. Thank that's you, right. Michael. I appreciate the call. Don't forget, uh, you did find Free Talk Live tonight. You can find us online if you're just driving through the area at freetalklive.com. Thanks Thank for the you call very much, tonight. Sir. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. The gun names released. Coming up. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves and do it here live every single night of the week and weekend. 855-450-FREE here throughout the holidays. We were here Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and we'll be here New Year's Eve as well. So be sure you join us during your holidays because we're here to take your calls about anything you want to discuss. Guns are on the table at the moment, though you don't have to stay on that topic. 855-450-FREE. That again is the toll-free phone number with you in studio. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. 
and would like to invite you over to the Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. You can see what that's all about over at shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you are a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your calls, coming up, Nemi will tell us about a bunch of names that were apparently released publicly uh, in New York. Gun yep. owners. Yep. Uh, let's go first, though, to Kelvin in Colorado on the amp lines. Hello, Kelvin. Hey, guys. Hey, Kelvin. Uh, hey, Nemi, I'm uh, glad to hear you back on. I was afraid you were gone forever. Oh, no. No, no. I'm like a bad penny. I always keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, on the, uh, the gun issue, uh, I don't have any children, uh, so I understand that some people, especially parents, will think that my, my point here is heartless and appalling, uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, the school shooting, it makes for great news stories because it's such an incredibly emotional subject, uh, and I was you know, horrified myself for days and uh, actually forced to re- reevaluate my uh, totally pro-gun stand uh, due to that, and what happened was uh, once I... I boiled it down and made an objective evaluation. I uh, continue to hold my program position. Uh, and uh, my justification is basically uh, life is risky. Uh, in the year 2000, uh, 2,000 children died of abuse and neglect. 1,200 died of drowning. Almost 2,000 died in fires. 6,400 died in motor because of motor vehicles. Almost 1,600 died of suffocation. Almost 1,600 died of suicide. Yeah, uh, what that says to me is is that uh, you know uh, oftentimes these uh, catastrophic events, these uh, fantastic events, uh, capture the the public's imagination through the media because it's something that they can the media can really sink its teeth into. What it really can't do is is it can't address that every death of every person, child included, childless, I think especially. Is a, is a catastrophe. I mean, it, it, it's a tragedy for that family. So when you say 2,000 kids, which is significantly more than the 20 or so that were killed in uh, Newtown, uh, Connecticut there on that fateful day, uh, it, it, you know, it's 100 times as bad. But you can't really show each of those stories at the same time. It doesn't really it doesn't make for a good news story. But, uh, you know, it's, it, swimming pools are far more dangerous. No one's talking about doing away with swimming pools cars cars are much more dangerous honestly and no one's talking about doing away with cars sure right, right. so the, the deal is, is that this is just a play uh, manipulation through your emotions and uh you know i i can't offer a solution that would prevent this but i think on the whole the i mean liberty is dangerous and you know, unless you're willing to put in uh, totalitarianism or, you know, have, get, you know, state guards all over the place. Just yeah, have everybody live life in a cage. And even still, right. you, and it comes back to even if we are living in a martial law state, you don't think people are going to come up with ways sure. to, to get around that? Right. I mean, There's no on. way to prevent crazy. 
I mean, you can you can do all the research you want. I mean, Jim was suggesting we need to find out why people are are crazy. That's important. It's important to learn these things. But ultimately, even if you manage to solve all of the issues with abusive homes, for instance, which of course mm-hmm. is where a lot of crazy comes from, it's abusive terrible parents uh you, even if you were to somehow manage to solve that which that's not going to happen anytime soon you've still got the fact that some people are just born messed up that there's some sort of chemical imbalance or you know may come along later in life to where they just you know that's just how people are some of them they're crazy and so you can't prevent it all you can do is be prepared for it if right. it's going to strike in your area and the best way to be prepared for it is to have some sort of way to defend yourself uh, f- you know physically from some kind of unprovoked uh, attack or be able to run like the wind, which works too. Indeed. Kelvin, uh, thanks for sharing that. Any other thoughts? Uh, no, I just wanted to try to uh, encourage people to try to step back and put this thing in perspective. Even yeah, I think another important it's perspective. Horrifying, it's horrifyingly difficult to do, and you know, you almost wonder if you're a monster for even thinking about this. But in the end, I think that you, know, you have the choice between the, the cost of freedom and the and the cost of uh, totalitarian. Thank you, Kel- uh, Kelvin, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. And another important perspective to add to this is all the people who use guns and other weapons to successfully defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Those don't make the headlines. Those incidents can be, you know, a situation in which, you know, you're, let's say you're in a fast food restaurant and some crazy guy is trying to rob the place or hold someone hostage or who knows, you manage to somehow intervene in that and scare the person off or somehow, you know, injure them to the point where they can't hurt somebody else. If that gets mentioned in the newspaper, it might just be a small article, you know, somewhere in the paper, and it's not going to get any kind of national coverage or national play like this story. So what you have happening over the period of a year are countless incidents, most of them never get reported, of people successfully defending themselves or someone else from being attacked with some kind of weapon. I mean, I don't know what the the numbers are, but I've heard that they are in the mil. You know, I've heard it's millions of uh, of de- sex- successful defenses of attacks, and like I said, most of them unreported because if you know, if you manage to fend off some parking lot. Uh, thug, and you get, you get in, your, in your, car, your car, and you wouldn't you leave, necessarily even report it. That's anything. it, yeah, right? Why do you want to go down to the police station and make you know something even worse, even more traumatic by having to relive it over and over again? You just put it behind you. Thank you know, thank goodness that you had something to defend yourself and were able to successfully do that, and you move on. So, how many times are people really truly able to help themselves in these situations? According to the World Wide Web gun defense clock, seven million. 250,307 gun defenses since January 1, 2010. Outstanding. According to the National Self-Defense Survey conducted by Florida State University in 1994, rate of defensive gun uses can be projected nationwide to approximately 2.5 million per year. Per year. Okay, so I was right, a couple million. Yeah, I, you know, it's stunning. And another thing I think is not getting talked about here, and it's it's just kind of this periphery issue, is, is uh, bulletproof vests. If... You know, people. If people want to be protected, the single best protection against uh, you know somebody shooting at you is to have a bulletproof vest. Certainly, it's a good idea to have a gun, but uh, you know, having a gun is like having a sword without a shield. And bulletproof ba- uh, backpacks are uh, selling like hotcakes, right? right now. And but I'd like to point out that many states have all kinds of restrictions on bulletproof vests, um, body armor, as, yeah. as though it's a bad thing right. for somebody to be able to stop a bullet from hitting them. Great point. Uh, you know, they convicted felons. I think on a national level are limited from having uh, bulletproof really? vests. They are in many states also. Um, so, I mean, you know, what what kind of sense does that make? Wow. 
I mean, what can you do with a bulletproof vest the except suggestion, stop bullets? Right. Well, the suggestion is that criminals shouldn't be able to have them because all those criminals really obey the law. I mean, as we've talked about over and over again, if you want to outlaw bulletproof vests, it's not going to stop criminals from getting them. It's crazy. I mean, it just no. makes no sense well, to me at all. Bulletproof vests have not disappeared. They're still out there, and you can still get them. In fact, you can order one online tonight if you'd like. So if you are a criminal and your intention is to arm up with some sort of a, uh, you know, assault rifle and go and do as much damage as possible to people while protecting yourself, there's no, there's no way that you couldn't, you know, not protect yourself with a bulletproof vest. It's not hard to get. Yeah, they can get them. So we'll continue here with you and your thoughts. Sam is in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sam. Sam in Texas. Going once. Sam in Texas going twice. Can you, can you guys there he is. Yep, oh, we got you. Is. Okay, sorry about that. I had the phone on mute. Oh. Um, with the storm system that's moving across the, much of the United States, I wanted to talk about a concept around a disaster response team. Okay, uh, stand by. We'll come back to that here in just a moment with more with Sam. Uh, 855-450-FREE. And yeah, I guess it's uh, kind of snowy in some places. It's going to be snowy here. Yeah, tonight. Tonight. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control in the remaining moments, which are next. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number with you tonight. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Inviting you online over at freetalklive.com. You can control the content of the site. Everything you see on the front page submitted by listeners like you. As you scroll down, you see numbered items. Those items are links to places on the web. Maybe YouTube video, blog post, news item, whatever you think is interesting, fun, exciting. Whatever you think our listeners and the hosts of the show would enjoy. You can submit it as show prep. It appears on the upcoming stories page at that point and must receive a certain number of votes to be promoted to the front page of the site. So go and get interactive at freetalklive.com. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and become a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's five bucks a month. You get perks like access to the AMP-only podcast, the AMP-only forum and more. You can go and get all the details over at amp.freetalklive.com. The number one reason to AMP, in my opinion, is if you support what we're doing here on Free Talk Live. You don't have to like everybody on the show to AMP Free Talk Live. You just have to understand that Free Talk Live is the only option at this current point in time. Maybe someday there will be other options, but at this point in time, we're the only choice for pro-liberty ideas getting out on national radio uh, waves. So if you like the fact that we're on over 100 stations and you would like to hear Free Talk Live on over 300, 400, 500 stations, that is possible, but it takes money. It takes money to advertise the show, promote it to radio stations, and get it on the air. So looking forward to making uh, hopefully a, a new announcement about a new station maybe as soon as uh, the next couple days. I like that. Yep. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. Excuse me. Next couple days. 
in the first week in January. Uh, but anyway, amp.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for us. And thank you in advance. Let's go to Sam. He's in Texas, uh, someone who for a long time amplified this show as well as uh, has been on the air uh, in the past. Uh, Welcome back, Sam. You were talking about the storm and disaster response. Yeah, and I want to relay sort of an idea from a guy named Jack Spirico who spoke at one of the Liberty Forums and uh, runs something called the Survival Podcast. And his idea is fairly simple. It's you create these small two- to four-person teams that – go in uh, to a disaster area that needs relief. They set up shop within 15 minutes. They're using their uh, survivalist stove to heat up soup. They've got a a pot of coffee on. They lay out a power strip where people, if there's cell phone uh, service, people can charge their cell phones. A lot of people needed that during the the, the hurricane situation uh, that came through uh, New Jersey and New York. That's right. And You know, if it's raining or cold, they might set up a warming tent. Uh, And if you have, uh, you know, if it's a grid-down situation and you've got somebody with a ham radio, uh, you can, you know, get outside help and relay messages and so forth. And that's something the ham community does already. And I really think this is kind of a no-brainer for liberty activists to get involved with because while you're doing this, people are going to be asking, well, who are you guys and why are you here? Why are you helping? (laughs) And I think some of them will ask, well, how are you doing this, and can you show me? And you can talk them through the system, and I think it it builds community. I think it would encourage other people to sort of take some of the same steps, maybe get some of the emergency stoves and things like that so that they can sort of uh, cook food and so forth during a power outage or something like that. Good points. Appreciate that call, Sam. Anything else uh, you want to share? Uh, nope, that's it. Oh, uh, well, there's uh, the good news is that the um, Jack Spirico guy is setting up sort of the organization, the the I guess the people that would disper- dispatch people and coordinate the communications and stuff like that. So really, I think eventually they'll get to a point where they're just looking for people to sign up to be teams. And so a lot of the overhead and the headaches can be taken out right there. Cool, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate the suggestions. 855-450-FREE. Let's continue. Robert's in Vermont, listening to LRN.FM. Hello, Robert. Hi. Hi, Free Talk Live. How hey, are sir. you guys tonight? Good. What's on your mind? Good. Yeah, well, we are getting some snow over here on the Vermont side. But you can keep it to yourself. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you calling right, about tonight, uh, Robert? I'll I, I, try and make this brief because I know you guys are at the very end here. You know, we've had a lot of horrific things that have happened this year and last year and in the years in the past when it comes to guns and stuff. And the first thing that they want to do is they want to they want to punish everyone, you know, when it comes to somebody making a, a, a stupid choice. But you never hear them say, let's punish that person that did this horrific thing. Let's punish this person that made that wrong decision. You know, why, you know... Uh, Take my gun rights away because of somebody's stupidity. Why make me register because of somebody's stupidity? It's because the politicians, wanna, the politicians want to. The politicians want to grand, uh, you know, aggrandize themselves and grandstand, and they want people to think they're doing something it's about. It's an illusion this. of safety, right? So yeah. many of them, by the way, have concealed carry permits, or people who are armed guards, are, are armed guards that have concealed carry permits that go along with them. And I think it's the height of hypocrisy for them yeah. to suggest taking away guns from the individual when they've got them. 
Okay, let's find out who put let's put a name to the face of these politicians in Congress. Okay, and then when it comes time for voting, we vote them out. No, now, you would you would think that would be the the way to go. That's not how it works, though. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, most people won't vote out incumbents. Uh, it doesn't seem to really matter what you say or do. Uh, they, at least in D.C., they continue to be elected over and over again. I think what you should do, Robert, is support the uh, Vermont secession movement and try to talk to as many people in Vermont about secession because if you're going to put a bunch of time and money into trying to change out one congressman for another, uh, which will probably just end up changing out one scumbag for a new scumbag, uh, you'd be better off focusing that time and effort on just disconnecting entirely from the federal government. And I hope Vermont can do it sooner rather than later. You guys have a pretty good movement there from what I understand for secession, and I thank you for the call as usual tonight. Nemi, uh, let's get to your story here because yes. uh, it's related. The gun numbers or rather names being released yes. publicly. Yes. The su- suburban New York newspaper has plotted a map of the names and addresses of gun owners and many readers are up in arms. Um, <laughs> I can't say that I blame them. Um, as the debate over gun control continues to rage, a suburban New York newspaper fanned the flames by publishing a controversial interactive map listing the names and addresses of gun permit holders wow. in Westchester and Rockland counties. The paper noted that the map uses data obtained from a Freedom of Information Act request and cautioned that, quote, being included in this map does not mean the individual at a specific location owns a weapon, just that they are licensed to do so. Mm-hmm. Now, the reaction has been two-sided. It's outright intimidation, says Ben Shapiro at Breitbart. Publishing Why? the names and addresses of gun owners makes them more vulnerable to robbery when they aren't at home, since c- criminals will, will know where the guns are. On the contrary... That's not necessarily true. They could be well, carrying those guns. True. Um, the, the, the map also, on the contrary, the map reveals to c- criminals which homes are not protected by firearms. Mm. Well, legally... There could still be guns right, that, there. That's very true. Yeah. So regardless of who is put in most danger by this map, this is unforgivable, quoted T- Katie Pavlich. Time to publish the names and addresses of everyone who works at the Journal News, which is the paper that, that published this list. Mm-hmm. Amid the controversy... Didn't they the, just do that? I thought I saw somebody on Facebook posting like the address of the publisher of the newspaper or something I like that. I wouldn't surprise me because it's like a typical, map. Yeah, typical, typical response. Doesn't seem... So the, the newspaper has defended its decision. It says, we knew publication of the database would be controversial, but we felt sharing as much as information as we could about gun ownership in our area was important in the aftermath of the Newtown shooting. I support shootings. their right to publish it. I mean, it's publicly available information. It should be able to be published. I don't think that the information should be publicly available because I don't think the government should be collecting that information. I don't think the government should license I anyone to be able to to carry. And I think that that's the fundamental problem here. I think that uh, it is a human right to be able to defend oneself. And if that defense is if the way that one wishes to defend oneself is by owning a gun or carrying that gun upon oneself, that doesn't I mean, the government shouldn't or should not be involved in any way, shape or form with that. However, if that information is government information and the newspaper obtained it sort of legally, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I think it, it's certainly ridiculous to say that it's putting somebody in greater uh, jeopardy as a result of this. But what do you think, Nemi? Well, I don't think that um, – I, I think the newspaper wasn't particularly bright um, on, on doing this. I don't know. It sounds well, like they got some, either. some good press out of it. I, I don't, well, they, sure, but good press is not necessarily always the brightest If you're way. a newspaper, you could take any press you can get okay. at this point in time. <laughs> okay. Aside from the, the bad press is good press – and newspapers need to sell ads to make money and, mm-hmm. and then the whole economical aspect of this. How would I feel if my name and address were popped up on 
some state of New Hampshire website as a, as someone who's licensed to carry firearms. Um, I I don't think um, I, I don't think that should happen personally because I don't think it's anybody's business. Um, I like the the kind of gray area that Ian. I don't know if you're carrying a firearm or not. You don't know if I'm carrying a firearm or not. No, oh, I know and, what you and, are. Uh, well, you you know I am, but <laughs> it keeps people civil. I don't I don't think this it goes any farther toward providing a public service that doesn't keep people safe. It doesn't. It's it's pointless. Out of time for tonight. Back tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. We'll see you then.